celebrate Mother's Day and learn of godly mothers in the scripture. We hope that you are blessed as you join us in the message, A Mother's Faith. We salute our moms this morning. Moms have taught us a lot of things, haven't they? We've learned a lot from our moms. Mothers teach us foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. All right? Looking ahead, has anybody got a mom that taught you that? Amen? They teach us logic. If you fall out of a tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. They teach us about maturity. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. They teach us about religion. Boy, you better pray that stain comes out of that carpet. They teach us about time travel. If you don't straighten up, boy, I'm going to knock you through the middle of next week. They teach us about contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. Mothers teach us about contortionism. I wish you'd just look at the dirt on the back of your neck. They teach us about patience. You just wait till your daddy gets home. <laughs> they teach us about genetics. You're just like your father. They teach us about the weather. Child, it looks like a tornado done swept through your room. And they teach us about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. <laughs> uh, I heard a quote one time that says, If Daddy ain't happy, who cares? But if Mama ain't happy... Ain't nobody happy. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, I just like to tease you a little bit, Mom. So I know that probably most of you have never said any of those things. You may have thought it. Uh, maybe you didn't say it. So this morning we do respect you and we applaud you and we just wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day. Because moms, they go through so much, don't they? Isn't it true? Oh, God bless you. I have the greatest re level of respect for you in all the world. And uh, we, we teach our children things about moms, too, folks, that we don't realize dads. This, this dad had a, a, a sit-down with his four-year-old daughter, and he was going through their wedding album. And he explained the whole wedding ceremony to his little girl. And when they got to a photo of the, of the wedding party, she pointed at it and says, Daddy, is this when Mommy came to work for us? I read an article that said, by the time a child reaches 18 years of age, a mother has handled some extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work. In fact, women who have never had children enjoy the equivalent of an extra three months a year of leisure time. So if you're newlywed thinking about a baby, you ought to think about that. <laughs> Amen. And my, my daughter-in-law said, 
Amen. Boy, she's got a lively one. She spent the night at the house last night. She rolls in her sleep all night long. That child is never still, is she? <laughs> Since the day she was born. Praise God. It is said that men work from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. So moms, we do. We celebrate your day today, and we enjoy this with you. And we just pray that all of your children will honor you, and you'll just have a very special Mother's Day. Um, but seriously, enough clowning around, you know. A merry heart doth good like a medicine. So it's, it's okay to laugh and enjoy uh, your time together. But seriously, Mother's Day, it is a day of celebration. You know, we celebrate the life that they give us. Uh, mothers give it a great cost to, their, to them, themselves. You know, in the Bible, Rachel gave her life to give uh, birth to her second son, Benjamin. You remember Jacob married Rachel and Leah, and Rachel was barren, couldn't have children. Finally, she had Joseph. You remember Joseph, the coat of many colors, and then had his younger brother, Benjamin, and, and she died giving birth to uh, him. We, Jeannie's got a book on her ancestors, and it was rough on women back in those days. A lot of the women didn't live to be very old because they, many of them died in childbearing, and some of you may can relate to that. I, I, I know people that are here today because of the sacrifice, literally, of their mother's life, you know. And so it's, it's a day that we do celebrate moms and their hard work, uh, the sacrifices that they make. We look in the Scripture at Jochebed, the mother of Moses, who wouldn't allow Pharaoh to kill her son, made a basket, you know, put him in it and floated him in the Nile River, just committed him to God, not knowing what's going to happen to him. And his sister Miriam, remember, watched him, and he, and he floated down, and Pharaoh's daughter found her, found Moses, and, and um, needed a mother to nurse him. And so Miriam went and got his very own mother who came and, and nursed uh, Moses. Uh, we read the story of Hannah who was barren, couldn't have children, and she was at the altar praying, and Eli saw her lips moving but didn't hear any sound and thought she was drunk. <laughs> Shows you the inside of the priest, amen? And so she was praying, God, if you will just give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. And as soon as he was weaned, she sacrificed literally her son to the priesthood and took him, and Eli raised him, and she would visit him from time to time. And he became Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. So we celebrate their dedication that they uh, that mothers have. I mean, they're dedicated to their children. I mean, a woman will give her life for her child. Amen. Isn't that right, moms? You know, we hear the story of Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And remember, two mothers had children. One of them rolled over on her child, and it smothered during the night, and she stole another woman's baby. And they were arguing over whose baby this was, and Solomon couldn't decide who it belonged to. So he commanded the baby be cut in half and give them both a half. And the real mother says, no, I would rather give up my child than to see it harmed. Let her have it. And then Solomon knew who the true mother was. So women are very dedicated. But this morning I realized that Mother's Day is not always a time of celebration. For some people it's a very difficult time. You know, because some people, they would love to have children, but they haven't been able to. And... uh that's that's a very sad thing. If you're a, a mom, you know what you would do. Jeannie says, I can understand why somebody would go in and steal a baby from a hospital. Mothers would want a child that bad. Not that she would condone that, of course, but she would understand how that could happen. Uh, and some of you, made it. maybe you didn't have the best mother in the world. You know, we celebrate Mother's Day. Fortunately, I had a good mom. I had good grandmothers. But 
I went online trying to find the name of the lady that, that killed her baby and went out partying the next day. Casey something. What was her last name? It was all over the news. What was it? Anthony. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. But I went online and said, mothers that killed their baby. And there were pages of horrific Oh, it was it was very depressing to look at some of that. Just recent events, you know. So not everybody had uh, uh, good mothers. Mothers sometimes abandon their their children. Uh, there's a movie out called Antoine Fisher. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a true story about a young black boy who was born in prison, and they took him from his mother and put him into the welfare system. He was adopted, grew up, didn't know his mother, and she never even tried to find him. Some of you this morning, you've got, had mothers that died, and you, you're missing your mom today. So while it's a time of celebration, it's all, also a time of sorrow. And some mothers uh, maybe are here that's had a child that has died. We just learned uh, this morning that there was a lady right here in Mineral. A little five-year-old baby was backed over this weekend. The child died at the hospital. You know, Mother's Day is really its tough for her. You know, she's... You can't imagine what must be going through her mind right now. You know, some of you, even though your children are alive, they've drifted away from God. They're not serving God anymore. A wayward child, a prodigal child. So it's a time of mourning and grieving for you also. There are some moms here and some that's hearing this over the Internet that's flying solo today. You're raising children and dad's not in the picture. Maybe because he's just selfish and he doesn't want to be burdened with children. He doesn't see them as a blessing like we should, and I do. And sometimes uh, uh, we mourn as mothers because uh, our children just aren't Christians at all. You know, They, they don't know the Lord. Or maybe the, uh, the father's not a Christian and you're having to nurture that child up in the home yourself. And teach them spiritual things. So whatever the case, some, there's a lot of people today that this is not a celebration. It's a hard time for them. So I just want to stop a minute this morning and, and pray for those people that I've just named there. Some of you may be here this morning. And somebody may be listening to the sound of my voice. And Mother's Day, it's a time of reflection of things that bring sorrow and heartache and pain. So I just let's just pray for a minute if we could, please. God. We come before your throne in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we have audience in your presence when we utter that precious name, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know that you hear our prayer, God. You told us to bring our petitions before you. So, Father, I lift these people to you that I've mentioned here, God, and maybe some others that I didn't even think of. God, I pray that you just comfort them today. Lord, that precious mom there in Mineral, God, have mercy. Oh, Lord. God, we pray for your grace today, Lord, somehow to give them strength God, to go through the painful seasons while other people are celebrating. Lord, they're crying. God, we ask you to rise up now, Lord, and turn their mourning into laughter, God. Turn their sorrow into joy. Father, we pray for them, Lord, that you just give them a, a new vision to do a new thing, God. God, just something that will satisfy that place of pain in their heart so that, Lord, that they can too celebrate this day with us. We ask you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the biblical view of the mother or of raising children, uh, the mother is not typically the person that plays that role, biblically speaking. Training up a child in the home actually, according to the Bible, is the duty of the father. Uh, we find in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, 
It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, everybody say fathers. You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Actually, it was the role of the father to make sure that their children were taught and trained in the things of God, especially back in the Bible times of the Bible, because unfortunately, they didn't treat women very well. They weren't educated. They weren't educated in the rabbinical laws and the scriptures and that. So the fathers typically uh, did that. The roles have changed somewhat in our generation. In fact, women are pretty smart today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I heard about these three guys. Did I tell you about this? They were trying to cross the river. I didn't. Oh. Well, they were trying to cross this river, and one of them said, God, give me the strength to cross this raging river. Nine hours later, he swam across and came out on the other side. The second guy said, God, give me the strength and the tools to cross this river. Poof, a kayak appeared in front of him, and 90 minutes later, he crossed out on the other side. God said, and then the third man says, God, give me the strength, give me the tools, and give me the knowledge to cross this river. He walked up the bank a little ways and asked a woman for directions, and she told him there was a bridge about 100 yards up the river, and he walked up and crossed the river. <laughs> Men never ask for directions, amen. So the roles have changed somewhat. Most mothers welcome their dad's involvement in spiritual training. But too often today, spiritual training is left to the mom. This can be the result of a number of things. Typically, women are more relational than men. Men are more task-driven. Women are relation-driven. So because of that, a lot of times they have or seems like they have a better relationship with God. So a lot of times parents, dads will leave that role to moms because they just feel like they have a closer walk with God. It may be because dad is out of the home, he's working, especially if you have a stay-at-home mom and dad is working extra hours to make the, uh, the uh, requirements for the family home. For the home. Um, it may be a case that mom actually does have a closer relationship with God. Maybe God, dad doesn't see the importance of spiritual development. Or it may be the fact that dad is simply not a believer. Whatever the case, many times... Women are left with a role of the spiritual training of their children. And we can see in Scripture that mothers have had a, a huge impact on the kingdom of God. So I don't know where you're at today, moms, as far as speaking spiritually into the life of your children. But more and more today, we're seeing single-parent homes. And a lot of times, it's mom in the home that's teaching the children. A lot of times, dad is in the home and mom is still teaching the children about the things of God. So I just want you to know this morning that you're not alone in this. In fact, we see in the Bible a beautiful treatise on a woman who was in the home of a heathen husband and she raised up a godly young man. If you've got uh, your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, in chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, 
mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded it is in you also. Father, we ask you now in Jesus' name that you add to your word, God. Lord, I pray that you just help us to see the message that is in it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quickly, I'm going to give you three points that I see from this passage of Scripture and how a godly mother impacted a child in a very difficult situation. The first point is that it has to begin with someone somewhere. When we look at the life of Timothy, it all began with a godly mom raising her daughter, actually, in the faith. It began with a godly grandmother named Louise. We, name her, we, we say Louise, but it's actually a, a Greek name, Louise, and Eunice. We call it Eunice, but it's Eunice. Uh, it said in verse 5, When I call to remember the genuine face that was in you, which dwelt first of all in your grandmother, Louise. Louise and Eunice are both Grecian names. Now, we're not really certain why they had Grecian names, other than the fact that we know that Eunice was married to a Greek, which was not really the custom of the Jewish people. They were not supposed to marry outside of their bloodline. But she had married a Greek. We see that in Acts chapter 16. If you want to read that with me, verse 1, it says, it's talking about Paul. He's on his missionary journeys. It says, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman. You see, she was a Jewish woman. Amen? Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium, Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, you've got to get the picture here. Here is a woman, and probably the grandmother too, by her name also being a Grecian name instead of a Jewish name, it's very probable that she married outside of the Jewish faith and the Jewish family and married a Greek man as well. We don't know for sure, but we do know that Eunice did. And so she's married to this Greek man, and the theologians and commentators say that he not only was a, was a Greek man, but he held to the Greek religion and Greek faith, that he didn't help train Timothy. In fact, Paul didn't even mention his father having any input whatsoever, even though that was their custom back in that day, of the spiritual impartation to Timothy. He said, the faith that is in you came from your grandmother and from your mother. Because this man, his father, this Greek man, probably like all the other Greeks, worshipped all the gods of the Greek mythology. He didn't worship the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we, we can see from this that she was in a home where there was no encouragement to raise up this child in the admonition of the Lord. It was left to her to do that. Now, Women that marry outside of the faith, even today, it's a very difficult thing. And I, I tell you, folks, I strongly discourage that choice. And, and sometimes we we fall in love with somebody and we think, oh, well, I'll just marry them and then I'll change them. 
Folks, I've been around for a while now, and I've seen that kind of thing tried many times. And usually it has exactly the opposite effect. Have you ever noticed when you, when you get one bad apple, it seems to make the whole barrel bad? I know the, the statistic says one apple doesn't make the whole barrel bad, but my experience has been it does work the opposite way. You, sometimes you can bring a, an unruly, dis, undisciplined child into a group of other children, and the next thing you know, you've got total chaos. And instead of all the good children having influence on this one disruptive child, it works the other way around. Well, I've seen the same thing happen in marriages where an ungodly partner is partnered up with a godly partner, and the next thing you know, they're both ungodly. And they go back and start serving and living like the world. The Bible tells us not to do that. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what accord hath Christ with Belial? That's another name for the devil. Or what part hath a believer with unbelievers? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And the reason I point that out is just because Eunice married a Greek man, that doesn't condone that kind of behavior. She should not have done that. But sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that we really didn't plan on. You may get married, moms, and get into a situation where you think your husband's going to serve God and be faithful to God. And somewhere down the road, you find out that he's just not interested in serving God anymore. But you have a strong conviction and a strong belief. You very much want to see your children make a decision for Christ. You want to see them raised in the house of God. But dad ain't interested. And so sometimes you find yourself alone in this venture. Trying to raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So it can be very difficult. But it's not impossible. And we see that true in the life of of Luis and Enice. So no matter what situation you're in, you need to make the choice that you're going to remain faithful to God so that your children and grandchildren will have a chance. Man, I praise God today that our children are serving the Lord. That they love the Lord. They didn't have any choice. It was that or die. <laughs> no. They did have a choice, and they made that choice on their own. And they've been faithful to God throughout their childhood and now in their young adulthood. I thank God that I had godly parents. And then I raised my children in the nurture of the Lord. They are now raising their children in the nurture of the Lord. I asked my little Brooklyn, my little granddaughter this morning. She spent the night with us last night, and I love that. you know why? Because when she wakes up, she loves to snuggle. And so she was all snuggly this morning, and, and then she laid her head up on my shoulder, and I asked her, I said, Brooklyn, because I just wanted to see, you know, I'm testing my, my son and my daughter-in-law a little bit. I said, where does Jesus live? She said the same thing that my daughter used to say and my two sons used to say. She said, in my heart. Two years old. It's never too soon to start, folks. It's never too soon to start. So it has to begin somewhere with someone, and it began with the grandmother, Lois, who raised this young girl and taught her the, the Scriptures. And in and, and Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says to, to, to teach them about God, to teach them when they rise up and when they lie down, to teach them the things of God. And she did that, and because of that, Eunice, even though she married a heathen man, was still faithful to the things of God. 
I am the product of a woman who married a man who was not a believer. My dad, when mom and dad married, he wasn't a Christian man. But my mom was raised by my grandmother, who was a very, very devout Christian lady. My grandfather, I was just telling somebody this morning, I saw some playing cards in the church. And we let our kids play cards and play rummy and stuff like that. But brother, you better not bring a deck of cards in my granddaddy's house. Because they were very, very strict and devout Christians. Isn't that true, Mom? And so Mom married my dad. And then, fortunately, my dad became a believer. And they began to teach me the things of God. And I passed it on to my children. So the thing that you need to come to this morning is no matter who you are, where you are, if godliness is not being imparted into your children, it needs to start somewhere with someone if you look back through your heritage and say, there was no godly heritage in my home. I didn't have godly parents or grandparents or great-grandparents. Brother, if you don't like the family tree, chop it down. Amen? And plant a new one. I thank God that my dad on his side chopped the family tree down. It needed some chopping. Not to speak ill of the dead, but I didn't have godly family on my dad's side. You know, unless you count bootlegging godly. I better shut up. Somebody may hear this and get mad at me. I don't know. Some of my family don't talk to me anyway. They need to repent anyway. Bless God. I've got a good news for them. Jesus can change all of that. Well, my daddy didn't serve God and it was good enough for him. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. So I'm going to damn my kids to hell because daddy didn't love Jesus? Come on, somebody. It's got to begin somewhere with somebody. If my mom and dad hadn't loved the Lord and I found out about Jesus, I would chop that family tree down. No offense, Mom. I would. Because it's got to begin somewhere. Somebody has got to save the hearts of our kids. Amen? So let it begin somewhere with someone. And it began with this woman, Louise. I don't know how far back her, her heritage went. Apparently there was some ungodliness in there. She married a heathen. So finally they got on the right track and turned it around, bless God. Point number two, when it is genuine, it will make a difference. It says, Paul said, I saw your genuine faith. The King James Version says your unfeigned faith. means that it didn't waver. Even though you're in a difficult situation, I think about John Kilpatrick, the pastor of Brownsville Assembly of God, where they had a great revival. He grew up and his mom would walk blocks to catch the bus, take him to church. They would go to church. They'd come home from church knowing what was going to happen. When they would get off the bus and walk home, when they would come through the door, he said, my dad would be screaming at the top of his lungs, intoxicated, and sometimes would beat my mom till her face was bleeding because she'd gone to church and took me to church. But she loved the Lord, and she loved that boy enough that she was willing to live with that. And she wouldn't leave him because she believed that God put them together, and she said, I will be with you until death us do part. And we need to, if we said, I do, we need to do. Amen? And so she stayed through all of that abuse to raise that boy, and he raised up and became a great, mighty man of God and preached one of the greatest revivals that has happened in, in, in my generation. I don't know, did anybody ever go to the, any of the Brownsville meetings? 
Anybody in here? Some of you went to school there, Sheena. Wasn't that a great outpouring of the Spirit down there? I thank God she was willing to do that. What if she had not had a genuine faith? And says, it's just not worth it. I'm, I'm tired of the abuse. I'll just stay home and just forget it. John, you just have to do the best you can. I'm not going to take you to church anymore. But she didn't do that. I don't know the situation with, with Eunice and how she was treated in her home by this Greek father. But I do know that she spoke into the life of Timothy. He became one of the greatest pastors in history. His name has been read and this, the books written to him by the Apostle Paul has been read by millions and millions of people. That boy's life who was impacted by his mother. Why did their faith continue? Because this mother, Eunice, saw it in the life of her mother, Lois. And then Timothy saw it in the life of his mother, Eunice. It's when it's genuine, when people can see your faith... It will impact them. If you want to instill authentic faith in your children, then you should take your faith seriously. Because if you just go through the motions, you can almost be rest assured that your children will just go through the motions too. The reason we see such a religious spirit in the world today is because churches are filled with people whose faith is not genuine. They just go through the motions. It's just what we're supposed to do. You're just supposed to go to church on Sunday. But they don't think about God. They don't pray about God. They don't read God's Word from one Sunday to the next. It's time to go to church and they don't even know where their Bible is. And if they do find it, there's death to stick on it. Now, come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying. Now, I know that's not true here and I'm not preaching to you. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But, folks, we look around the world, and I'm not saying that we're so much better than them or anything like that, but I have been in churches that's just bound by a religious tradition because it wasn't real. But when it's genuine, people can see it. It makes a difference in their life. Now, God wants us to instill respect in our children for God, for His Word, for His church. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the body of Christ. But the building too. Shouldn't come in here and tear up God's things. See, this all belongs to God. It's not ours. But this, this, this microphone I'm holding, this is God's microphone. I'm not going to throw it around and tear it up. We need to respect those things. We need to respect each other. We need to respect His Word. You need to respect your pastor. You need to respect the elders of the church and the deacons and the teachers. And we need to teach our children that. Because if we don't respect them, moms, dads, kids ain't going to respect them either. Amen? I remember this family that came to church, and they just seemed to be so close to God. But their son wouldn't have anything to do with God. And I was so puzzled about that. It's like, why doesn't that boy... Why is he so like almost antagonistic against God? Then I got to know mom and dad a little bit better. Amen. And when the sheep coat came off, and I found out that there was really a wolf inside there, then I understood why Junior was like mom and dad. Wasn't genuine. So if you're serious about your faith, your children will be serious about their faith too. Amen. Man, you guys are awful quiet this morning. Are you still with me? Say uh huh. So it has to start with somebody somewhere.
If it's genuine with you, it will make a difference. And the last point is God will always prosper His Word in any situation. Isaiah fifty-five eleven says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereunto I have sent it. Now here's a godly mom raising her son in a heathen's home. But still it impacted that child because of her faith. Because when you speak the Word of God and just keep speaking the Word of God into your children, it makes a difference in their life, folks. You look at Samuel, this great prophet. You know how long Hannah had him? Three years. You say, what difference can you make in the first three years of a child's life? A whole lot. i got a two-year-old granddaughter that can tell you now that Jesus lives in her heart. I remember songs that I was taught when I was little. How many of you was taught, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. All those little kid songs. I'm an old man now. I ain't starting to look old. And I still have not forgotten those things. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. For the Father up above, He is looking down with love. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. I remember all of those things instilled in my spirit. Because let me tell you something about kids. They're this big, but they got a full-grown Holy Ghost inside of them. Amen? Full-grown. And when they pray for you, brother, things happen too. Come on. The power of God is in their prayer because the Holy Ghost is not a baby. There ain't no baby Holy Ghost. He's full-grown. Amen? So, mothers, it's never too early to start instilling God's Word into the hearts of your children. Luis and Eunice started teaching Timothy when he was just a child. The Bible says if you will teach this to them, that they will never depart from it. We know that they taught him because he told us later on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says, he's talking to Timothy, he said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, Now, who did Timothy learn them from? His mother and his grandmother. And he says, Timothy, continue in the things that you've learned. You remember who taught them to you. And that from a child, verse 15, and from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. So this morning, you would love to have dad's input, mom. And hopefully, dads, you're rising up and taking your role in the home and imparting spiritual values into your children. But whether dad's with you or not, mom, you can make a difference in the life of your children. Amen? Praise God. Are you still awake? You're awfully quiet this morning. So moms, I just I salute you and I applaud you this morning. Thank you so much for what you've you've done in the life of your children. I publicly and personally thank my mom for all of the direction and correction that she gave me. 
She took God at his word and beat the devil out of me. <laughs> Amen. But she taught me those things and lived it in front of me and my grandparents. And I just pray that this morning we will want to have a godly heritage to pass on to our children as well. Would you stand to your feet while the worship team gathers, uh, uh, joins me on the platform, please? I don't know what you have planned for Mother's Day, but I hope that you honor your mom and make a, the day special for her. Hopefully you're not making her cook for everybody. We're going to make Domino's cook for my my wife, our mom. Super Supreme with that, with that uh, what is it, garlic? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe you don't like that. Maybe you're a Mexican food type. I don't know. But praise the Lord. If you hadn't called your mom today, folks, and maybe you got some family that they just don't think about those things, it might be a good idea just to give them a call and I started to do something really unique this morning, and I was like, no, that'll just be too labor-intense. It was this really neat illustration that I was going to do and bring in some bags of dirt and some red cups, plastic cups, and some seed and hand all of our moms those seed and do a lesson on uh, the seeds. One of them was a forget-me-not seed, you know, what are we raising? And sometimes, unfortunately, moms raise children that they just don't seem to remember mom. And uh, if we are ever going to remember our mom, it should be on Mother's Day. Amen. This is their their very special day. And uh, where would we be without mom, huh? Amen. The sacrifice that they made. And when I when I sat in that delivery room three times and watched the cesarean section take place, brother, I have a whole new level of respect for women. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes we go through some very difficult things to bring babies into this world, don't we? Somebody here this morning that went through some really tough stuff to bring life into this world. Almost paid with her own life. But she's here today, God. God raised her up. I mean, you just don't know how serious it was. And we praise God for you this morning. Dee's daughter, Michelle, is here this morning. It's Laden's daughter, I'm sorry. Right? Their daughter, stepdaughter. Yeah. In fact, your mom paid with her life to bring you into the world, didn't she? Yeah. You can imagine what went through their mind when she's giving birth, and the same thing almost happened to her. Lauden, who lost his first wife when his child was born. Then his daughter gives birth and almost left this world. It shows me the power of prayer. And I'm serious about that. Got a phone call the other day. This is sort of off the subject. This is just to show you, folks. The lady said, I got somebody who wants to talk to you. And my friend, Bernie Smith, was on the phone. He's not supposed to be here today. The doctors told him he's not supposed to be here today. Something besides medicine brought him off of his deathbed. And he said, I just want to let you know, my lungs are working my liver is working again. My kidneys are working again. And he said, they said everything is perfect. 
He said, they're going to sew my arm up and I get to keep it. And he said, I want you to know you're going to have some help out there building that church. He said, I'm going to change some things. I don't know what he needed to change, but because, see, he almost left this world. And what he had, they say you don't, you don't come out of that. His body went from a healthy man within days. He was on life support because of a scratch on his elbow. And people started praying. I told him, I said, Bernie, I don't know when I've prayed so hard for anybody. I've been praying for you, brother. You're my friend. And it was good to hear his voice. And I know that prayer makes a difference. We went to the district council. The keynote speaker Wednesday night or Tuesday night was the general superintendent of the Simmons of God in India. And he said, if you don't pray, you have no power. If you don't pray, you just entertain. If you don't pray, the Holy Spirit will not move in your church. And it gripped me, brother. I'm like, God, make us a people of prayer. And if you can't do anything else for your children, maybe they're outside the home. Maybe you don't have influence over them anymore. Maybe you can't bring them up and nurture them and raise them like I've been talking about this morning. You can pray. And the power of prayer will change things. I was running from God as hard as I could go. When I met Jeannie, she came up telling me about Jesus. I said, I came 350 miles to get away from religion. I've had it shoved down my throat all my life, and I appreciate it if you'd keep it to yourself. Because I just didn't want any more religion. But I had a mom and dad on their knees praying for me. You can run away from your problems, but let me tell you this morning, you cannot run far enough to get away from prayer. So whatever situation you find yourself in this morning pertaining to your children, or maybe there's a mom and dad praying for you, somebody, we're here as a result of prayer. So as we close, I just want you to lift your hand, and if there's somebody that's just on your heart, it's like, God, there's nothing else that I can do about this situation. But Lord, I want you to make a difference, and I am praying to you, God. I'm calling out to you. The Bible says that we have not a high priest that which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are. Therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace and make your request known unto the Lord. Because Jesus knows exactly what you're feeling and what you're going through, He has made a pathway for you to be able to come before the God of glory. And make your request known to Him. And you don't have to come crawling in there sheepish. He said you can come boldly before the throne and say, God, I just come before you this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up every mother. Whether they were a good mom or whether they were not a good mom. God, many of them wish they could turn back the clock, God, and just have another chance just to do it again. Lord, if I could just do it over. If I could just do it different. And God, the time has passed and they can't do that. But, Lord, it's not done because we can still come to You, Lord. And through the power of prayer, God, You can make the difference. Lord, I pray for the young moms today 
they still have that opportunity. God, I pray for these young girls and these young women in the church that have not yet brought forth life. God, I pray that You help them see the role that they play in the kingdom of God. They are the most hated being on the planet because Satan is the author of death and they are the vessel of life and he hates them and he wants to destroy them. But God, I pray for them. God, that You will keep them. And Lord, that You will show them the important role that they play in the kingdom of God and how at their feet, God, and on their knee, they will raise up mighty women women and men of God. And Lord, that they will seize that opportunity. God, I pray for those this morning, Lord, that they've drifted away from God. And Lord, they've got a mom somewhere, or maybe a grandmother, or a father or grandfather, God, that's just lifting them up in prayer. God, I pray that they, like me, will not be able to outrun the prayers of those that's lifting them up. And Lord, that You will draw them by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, You said that we come because we're drawn by the Spirit. So, Spirit of God, I ask You this morning, draw them, O Lord. Lord, I pray for those this morning that may not know You. Lord, this morning that they can make a decision to trust You as their Savior. Lord, they can become a part of the kingdom of God, Lord, and they can begin to find the will that You have for their life. Lord, we sang a song about being vessels of honor, Lord, and being a clay in the potter's hands. And this morning, Lord, I pray that You will mold every single person, Lord, and make them a vessel that brings honor to You. And Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know You, Lord, may You just speak to their heart right now. Draw them, O God. Keep your heads bowed if you would, please. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. If you were to die right now, you don't know where you would spend eternity. You'd know in your heart that you're not ready to meet God. And you say, Pastor, I don't want to leave here today in that condition. I would like to trust Jesus as my Savior today. Would you please pray for me? I promise I will not embarrass you. But if that's you this morning, I want you to just lift your hand and I'm going to close in prayer and I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, maybe you've drifted away from God and you're coming back to the Lord this morning, you say, Pastor, would you please pray for me as you close this morning? Would you just lift your hand before I close in prayer? Anyone at all? Father, as we close this morning, God, I pray a supernatural blessing to come upon Your people, Lord. Father, this week I pray that You just hold us close to Your side, Lord. Lord, let us hear Your heartbeat. God, let us know Your will. Give us the power and the strength to walk every step in You, Lord. When we lay our head on our pillow at night, God, may we reflect back over the day and be able to say, God, I, it is well with my soul. I know that I have did Your will today. We can be satisfied with the life that we have lived. Not just on Sunday, Lord, but every day of the week, Lord. Now, Father, I pray that You bless not just this day, but every day, God, in our homes. Let Your blessing rest there. May your presence rest there. Fill our homes with laughter and joy and peace. God, restore relationships today. 
God, the enemy comes in like a wedge and tries to drive us apart. But Lord, we we declare this morning, and your word is declared, that no weapon that is formed against us is going to prosper. So God, we pray that you just do the supernatural, God. What we can't do of our own power, you do it, Holy Spirit of God. Restore relationships between husbands and wives, children and their parents, siblings with one another. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.